That's right, folks. All aboard the USS Ferry. The Big Blue 82 podcast has just set sail. So what have these Admiral's ports of call been? Listen now and find out. I'm the class president and host, Vic Moore. And here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Big Blue 82 podcast. We have a special guest today, Ashley Helton from back in the day. Hey, Ashley, what's going on? Hey, Vic. I'm good. How are you? Hey, just going right along here and picking up more passengers for the big uh, cruise ship Farragut. And uh, you're, you're next up. So we're, we're going to reel you on in today. And just, just I'll, I've been doing this recently. I did this, uh, I think, with Bill. And um, what did you do today? What have you done so far today? Well, today I got up and picked up a friend and went to church. <laughs> and okay. then, then came home and now I'm sitting out on my, my porch. So just uh, looking forward to talking to you and all my uh, little friends back in high school. All right. Well, great. Yeah, this is we are recording this for those of you who are keeping track and want to know the date stamp. This is a Sunday in June, early June. And uh, Ashley, I, I saw her Zoom picture. The first thing I said was, wow, what a nice back area deck. And uh, so that's that's fresh air doing this podcast. I think you're the first one to do an outdoor um, version. So that's cool. <laughs> I spend most of my time outside. So where is outside? What area of the country do you live in? We live in Georgia. I'm in um, just about 20 minutes north of Dahlonega in the mountains. I was in Midtown Atlanta for 25 years, and Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I bought a place up here and just, you know, getting back to our roots and and enjoying uh, 12 and a half acres and chickens and cows and Lots of animals and all that stuff. Big garden. You haven't spotted any walkers in the back there, have you? Any walkers? Yeah, like the Walking Dead was filmed in Georgia. Are there any stra- oh. straggling walkers? <laughs> no, I, we have not spotted any of those. <laughs> so my husband's a big uh, sci-fi fan, so so he he may have spotted a few. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean we can reel in what we want to see, really, right, and make our own. That's reality. right. <laughs> That's neat. So Georgia is home. So still in the South. Didn't go too far from Knox Vegas. You still follow the Vols? You know, I don't. Oh. I, I Vaguely. I mean, sometimes if they do well, I kind of hear about it. I, mm-hmm. I uh, of course, went to the University of Tennessee, but I, I never um, followed football that much or basketball or anything like that. I was an art major, so I, I didn't uh, didn't plug into all that stuff and I'm not a huge uh, group sports fan. I'm a more individual sport kind of person, so I I follow more of that. Okay, that's cool. Now, Art, you mentioned art. That seems to be a key theme in your life, majoring in it and all. So where has that taken you so far here with an art major in your background? Are you doing anything currently in the art world? I went into uh, graphic design. So I have worked Mm -hmm. as a designer for many, many years, both um, in corporate America and on my own now. So that's cool. So when you graphically design with the aid of technology, I got to ask you this question. Is it possible to make such a graphic rendering of an image that you make completely electronically and it looks just like the real thing or photo? 
Oh, yeah, it's possible. I don't particularly do that. That's uh, kind of a Photoshop expert. I, da I dabble in Photoshop and uh, mm -hmm. correct images as needed for clients. But but yeah, it's, it's absolutely possible. Yeah, that's cool. Because now, you know, I think Picasso and Van Gogh would be so envious to be able from the comfort of their home do a lot of brilliant work and not worry about, you know, it getting stolen so quickly because you can always duplicate it. Hey, I will, I will foil you all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. So that's cool. And now you're doing graphic design now. Are you still, are you with a major company now? Are you kind of in a retired state or what? I work for myself now. Um, like I said, I did the corporate thing for many, many years and have lived in a lot of different places. I lived in, um, Kentucky and Indiana, Nebraska, Colorado, back to Georgia, um, and have been in the magazine business, the catalog business, um, just uh, the fast food business. I worked for the company that did marketing and advertising for Arby's restaurants for a long time. Oh, and, yeah. uh, we got the meats. Yeah, I, I, that campaign came after I left, but um, I, I did all their print materials, packaging design, and um, just all kinds of fun stuff for them. It was actually a great job and um, worked my way up to creative director and then was kind of overseeing a staff of eight people, which I, I realized um, – was wonderful in one way because I was learning all about the strategic positioning of the company and, and getting to see more of the executive side of things. But um, mm -hmm. I realized it took me away from what I loved, um, which was really doing the creative part myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a staff of people doing it for me instead of me doing it. So while it was great and it was a great learning experience, I was working 24 seven and mm -hmm. weekends. And so I, um, just left and, uh, kind of played for a while and <laughs> a couple years and, um, traveled and then uh went into business for myself mm -hmm. um once settled back down a little bit and um have really enjoyed that it's not uh nearly as easy as um corporate but uh the benefits are much better it lets me uh have a little more freedom so I'm, to speak so i love that part of it i'm sure you'll appreciate this the word when you take the word corporate or corporation the first few letters in the word are also the exact same word letters in the word corpse, which means a death <laughs> body. So I, I, I sometimes, I, you know, I'm a wordsmith and I look at life and I see the English language, how it's dissected and etymology. Where do these words come from in the first place? And I look at that word corporate, you know, well, well if, corp, if corporation, the corporation wants us to do it or we got to talk to corporate, you know, it's not my it's above my pay grade type of thing. You know, I'm just like, you know, and like the word mortgage too. mortgage, meaning mortal death again. So here yeah. we are. And you found out firsthand struggling, killing yourself, working in the mm -hmm. corporate world. And now you're so you seem to be more at peace uh, just oh, by yeah. listening to that. It's like the, the air just went out of that balloon and now you're able to be yourself, you know. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, life is too short. And I realized I was single at the time. And um, I realized, you know, all I was doing was working. And, I, you know, while I was out doing fun things and uh, all that, I just, you know, my quality of life was not what I wanted it to be. So my family and my, 
you know, nieces and nephews uh, were wanting more of my attention. And so I, I walked away from all that and, and just, you know, kind of caught up with all of them and myself and uh, yeah, much more relaxed and, and much happier in my soul. That's good. That's the important thing. And I think when I first interviewed the first interview with Jeff Morgan, he really laid that out. You know, I've been everywhere, man. But then you circle back around and realize I want peace. I want family connection. I want to be able to, at the end of the day, not be so stressed out. I have to take something to go to sleep, you know. Exactly. So that's beautiful. And okay, well, that's great. Now, this is how I formulate the interviews with all the podcast ease. Um, we talk about what's currently going on in the world, and then we're, we're now going to go back into what I call the time machine. Ooh, you know, gee, Mr. Peabody, you know, this is my boy Sherman. We're going to go back now, almost 40 years, 1982. Here it is. It's 1982. We just, you know, we handed the marble on stage to each, you know, beautiful faculty member, and they're like, what the heck is this? What do we do with these marbles? So now you're graduated. <laughs> do you remember that? You remember that, right? So, I had forgotten that completely, oh, but yes, now I remember. And we're going to tie back around to that with a reunion. I'm going to have a big, giant <laughs> um, glass canister on the front registration desk, and you will be putting a marble in there. And at the end of the night, we're going to do something funny with it. But anyway, so you graduated June the 2nd of 1982, and now the world is your oyster. you got this art love boiling in your soul. So what did Ashley Helton do? At that point, what was your first step out into the wide world? Um, well, I, you know, was uh, headed to college and spent one semester at Carson Newman because I really didn't uh, didn't have a good plan. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to Clemson University only because I had been down there and had some fun with some friends and. Um, mm -hmm. Come to find out when I applied, they didn't even have an art program. So, you know, <laughs> lack of planning was uh, was key uh, there. But I did uh, at the last minute go to Carson Newman for the first semester and uh, really had some great like photography and pottery and great experience there. But that that wasn't the place for me. So I transferred uh, to UT and then went there um, for the rest of my school. Okay. So you, you had an undergraduation, undergraduation degree there in the art department and probably got involved in a few projects here and there. Do you have any of those still left over today or any memorable projects? Um, you know, yes, I, I remember some huge paintings. I always loved working on big, big items. <laughs> um, and I, there's a few of those that were still around at my dad's house that I took them off the canvas uh, or took the canvas off or, or just, you know, got rid of them. There's a very few things, uh, very little that I still have. I, I, uh, do have a lot of my pottery. I do have, um, some of my very first graphic design work too, which is kind of funny to look back on. Um, so, but that's about it. I don't, uh, I try to travel light in this world and not, <laughs> not carry along too much baggage. Yeah. The minimalist movement, right? Yes. Well, when you talked about huge paintings, I immediately thinking of this and this graduate, uh, graduation and special speaking that Jim Carrey, the actor was invited to speak at this college and he gave a very motivational and esoteric leaning speech on life and what to do next. And then he kind of jokingly unveiled one of his 
paintings. And I'm telling you, this thing was huge. It was ceiling to floor, probably 30 feet tall, 20 feet wide. And he, he said, here's this little wow. something I want to bring to show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's into the big giant paintings. Are you familiar with that, Jim Carrey? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have not seen any of his work. I didn't. I wasn't aware that he did painting. Yeah. So you go to you go to YouTube and search um, Jim Carrey's graduation speech, and you if you watch it, you can fast forward and, you, and, and they unveil his huge thing. It's hilarious, but yeah, I mean that's involving when you're doing a big piece, and I can't. Are they called murals? Yeah, oh, yeah stuff that's that big. I mean, my biggest pieces were only like, I don't know, maybe four feet by five feet. So okay, not nearly as big as what Jim Carrey was doing. But still, that's pretty gargantuan when you talk about usually paintings are what, 10 by 14, 8 by 5 ish. So when you're doing something, a medium that big, what are the differences in getting the detail or losing the detail? versus a smaller work what do you have to keep in mind for the people who are listening uh, art lovers and maybe people into kids of some of the graduates want to go into art so put on your teacher hat what is the difference how do you modify a big thing well you can scale anything up i i think um that my i was never really strong at realism most of my stuff is more on the abstract side um and so that makes it a lot easier <laughs> to to just freeform and do what you want but um sadly i have not done a lot of painting over the years since you know college i i um you know have been so wrapped up in the graphic design world that i haven't done a lot of my fine art um i've done pottery most consistently through the years and um had a chance to um do a little of that in every place I lived. And, um, so that's, that's been great. And I still kind of try to, you know, stay fresh. I recently took a wood turning class and just kind of, you know, like to get my hands on things and, and do things with my hands. So. Yeah. Kinesthetic, um, learner, uh, versus a visual or auditory learner. You like to touchy feely, get into I it. I do. I like to build things and yeah, my, I grew up working in my dad's hardware store, so I like tools and oh, yeah. building things, fixing things. And that's cool. Yeah. I mean, to be able to make good art, you have to have a grasp of pardon the pun on the tools and how to use the tools. So that's cool. Did you ever do any of the, like a giant's piece of wood or marble and you have to sculpt it and make it perfect and make something out of that? Oh, um, not marble um and really not like chiseling away at wood other than you know like i said wood turning mm -hmm. um that uh is kind of fun i turned some bowls and little lidded pieces and whatnot okay so you you weren't so much into the chipping away but you were more like clay and you know molding type things yeah, yeah, like working on a pottery wheel mm -hmm. and things like that. But like I said, it's been it's been many years since I've had a lot of emphasis on um, fine art mm -hmm. in my life. Unfortunately, um, just kind of making a living with graphic design, uh, okay. which isn't really the same. It is creative, but it's it's not the same. Um, right. Let's talk about how you transitioned from. Uh, getting your hands into art there in school, you graduate, and then what was the first job that you kind of went for 
that ended up in a corporate situation? How did you get into that? Well, my very first job was um, I was I was married to uh, a different person at that time. Um, I got married not too long after college, and um, we moved to Indiana. I had a job at this little bitty printing company. And that was back. Things were still being typeset and doing paste up boards and everything was manual. I had bought a tiny little Macintosh computer and that was like the biggest thing. It was, you know, tiny back then and, you know, had one little floppy disk drive. And uh, but I started, you know, kind of working towards the graphic design uh, thing. But in my little printing company job, I Learned a lot and gave me a good background and then moved on to Nebraska where I worked for a very large regional printer there and was a graphic designer and then on to Colorado at a catalog company who sold bicycles and racing stuff for kind of elite cyclists and that was a lot of fun. I love Colorado. Would love to go back. So yeah, when I came down to Georgia, I worked at a magazine in Atlanta called Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles. So I was doing a lot of like shishi homes and gardens and, and a lot of fun like that. So it was, wait a minute, it was wait, what's a, a shishi home? What what is a shishi home? <laughs> oh beautiful, beautiful home. Okay. Right. Like posh, uh, posh, you know. Yes, very posh. <laughs> Pardon me, would you have any gray poupon? And so um that was a lot of fun. I worked with a staff of people there and just uh, then had the opportunity at Arby's come up and um, jumped on that bandwagon. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, all right. Let me ask you this. When you're working in a, the magazine position now, you would be in graphics and everything. Correct me if I'm wrong, but your your job was to make the magazine cover look slick, take the photographs and add text to them and make it look cool. So the person writing the article looks better. You made people look good with the visuals. Is that, am I anywhere near the ballpark? Yeah, that's pretty much it. You have an editor, you have um, photographers that you work with. So I would also direct photo shoots and go on those. And, you know, you have your writers, your editors, your salespeople who are selling ads if Somebody needs an ad done. But yeah, you're doing the cover design and all the feature layouts, everything basically that's not an ad in a magazine is what you're designing. And that was always a ton of fun. To think back, who was the most famous person that you worked with and or photographed for, for a job or an ad or something? Somebody we would know. Oh, gosh. I don't know that I've ever really interviewed someone <laughs> or worked with super famous that anyone would know actually other than just maybe people in the Atlanta area. Like Tyler, Tyler Perry. No, I have not worked with Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're mainly, you're, you're making the magazine be the star. And so you get more subscriptions that way. And so if you did a good job, more sales were made of it and people were interested in it. So then when you shifted from the magazine world into now the fast food industry, particularly Arby's, what campaigns did you work on that we might know? I didn't work on any of the television campaigns, but I did all the print stuff. So the, I don't know if you remember, it's been so long ago, but there was a line of packaging that I did that was all like illustrated uh, kind of line art with color. I've worked with illustrators and developed that. got to travel all over the country to all these different 
printers to develop fry boxes, cups and bags and the sandwich wraps, straw wraps. I mean, everything. And it was it was super fun. I, I really loved doing that project. And I remember I was out for a run one day and in my neighborhood in Atlanta. <laughs> I saw one of my cups in the ditch <laughs> and I was like super fired up because... <laughs> It was one of my cups that I had designed. And I was like, oh, there's my design. It's in the ditch. You know, it was finally like getting universal appeal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was uh, actually used. Well, they're not global, but in the other countries that they went to, too, but all all throughout America. So that was kind of fun to get to see my stuff. That's cool. Um, I don't think I don't think I've ever met anybody that was inspired to see garbage in the ditch before. I mean, that is well, artistic. Oh, and I'm a tree hugger and, um, you know, granola girl all the way. And so, yeah, I, I hate litter and all that, but that was kind of thrilling to actually see my design. You're, you're, you're getting out there. But yeah, my family all thought it was so funny when I went to work there because we would always eat at Arby's after church on Sunday or something. They just thought it was hilarious that I worked there. Yeah. The, so. And then you could, you know, my, my daughter made this wrapper design. What do you think about it? <laughs> yeah. My daughter sees her uh, artwork in the ditch. So. <laughs> that, and that's t certainly was not metaphorical. That was kind of like just an <laughs> art, like a still life. You know. Yeah, but you're selling something. You know, it's different. It's not really art. It's, uh, you know, the almighty dollar here. Right, right. Of course. Something. Yeah, the corporation, the corporate world, of course. Correct. But, you know, I mean, jobs today, I think it's it's difficult. It's easy to criticize a control grid and how people are like dribbles in a wheel. But, you know, we got to have a job to do something to make some income. You That's, know, right. So. That's right. Make the best of it. Right. That's uh -huh. right. Got to float your boat. Right. OK, so now we're we're leaving Arby's. We're shutting the door on the restaurant job, um, uh, you know, in the timeline of thinking. What did you do next from that point job wise? Um, that's kind of when I went to work for myself. I, I got divorced near the end of my career at Arby's. Uh, and so that was, that was kind of helpful to just kind of pour myself into my job at that point, um, mm -hmm. going through all of that. And, um, uh, just, uh, like I said, took some time for myself and traveled and, um, spent a lot of time with friends and family and just kind of regrounding myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was wonderful. And then I also, uh, before I went to work for myself, I decided I was going to, uh, apply for a job. I, I thought I was going to take a uh, trip with a company called Backroads. It's a global active travel vacation company in Berkeley, California. And um, then I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just go to work for them. <laughs> so I interviewed um, and wound up getting the job and did a bunch of training out in Berkeley and then um, led people on hiking, biking and uh, kayaking trips in Puget Sound in the Pacific Northwest on the San Juan Islands. So I did that for a year and just had a ball. It was so much fun. Um, a lot of hard work, but uh, super fun. And um, uh, but the, a year of that was enough. I had a mortgage and a car payment. And most of the people that uh, I worked with were, uh, you know, 
much younger and uh, didn't have a lot of responsibilities in this world. And so uh, anyway, I, I had to come back to reality. And that's when I worked, uh, went into business for myself. And so mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that ever since. Well, okay. So what, what about what year would that have been when you got that realization to work for yourself? Uh, well, I needed to have some income, <laughs> number one. Um, so that was a big realization and I didn't really love the idea of going back to corporate America. So I thought I would just try it. I wasn't sure I could um, do it, but, um, that was probably maybe 2004, five. Okay. I don't, I'd have to look back. I can't remember. (laughs) It's it's been, yeah, well, it's been several years. So you've been in an independent doing your own thing for several years. For a long time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you've you've had it. You've been there and you did that and you designed the T-shirt, right? (laughs) Yes, yeah. As as the saying goes. All right. So you mentioned earlier that you did this for family. You mentioned that word family. Tell us about your family connection. What is that in your life? Oh my gosh. I love my family. We are super close. Um, I have a brother and a sister. My sister was two years older and my brother was two years younger. Both went to Farragut, um, Natalie Helton and Cliff Helton. Um, and, uh, just, we are super close. They're, they're, uh, my two best friends. We've been close for all these years. We, we, uh, our dad, we were very close to him. We lost our mom um, when I had just turned 13. Mm. She died of cancer. And so we just kind of became a really close-knit family after that. And, and we were before. But dad kind of held us all together. And, you know, you learn from experiences. And he was our rock. And we lost him um, three years ago, unfortunately. But... Every time I think of him, I just smile because he was that kind of person. He was larger than life and just would never want us to bog down and be sad. And he just taught us a lot about life and being who you are. And that was a gift. What, what about Natalie and Cliff? What are they into these days? Did they follow an art type sisterly thing or did they branch no. out on their own? Our mom was an artist um, before she passed, and then, um, but my my sister had a learning center for three, four, and five year olds in Knoxville. But she married and moved away. They've moved and been all over the place too. So she is no longer working. But they have three beautiful children and and grandchildren as well. So. And my brother is still in Knoxville. He took over my dad's business and he also builds custom homes. And he has three beautiful children also. And they each have spouses who we're, we're just all close. I mean, we're kind of a, the Beaver Cleaver family. We just uh, <laughs> we're super close. We vacation together and, and spend time together. And uh, but, yeah, they they have three kids, too. So. While I never had children, I uh, I can enjoy theirs. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe in the next life you'll have about thirteen kids, so enjoy it, sister. <laughs> you know, I never really wanted kids, Vic. So um, I love kids, <laughs> but uh, you like children? I do if they're properly cooked. <laughs> oh my I love having. I, I like being the aunt. Because right. I think I'm still a giant kid, and I like playing and having fun with them. And then, you know, so that that's what I love 
I like my independence. Oh yeah, independence for sure. It's like okay, so the the niece and nephew they come over. And it's like hey, you know, it's been great having you here today. Here's your mom. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean they. I love to have them come, and I just love them. I mean they're just they're awesome. But um, it's not so much like that. I I do love kids, but mm-hmm. um, just never really wanted any of my own. So right. Well, that's um, cool. You know, that's that's why we have nieces and nephews, right? That's why we have exactly. you other people. Right. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that's similar to my story too. I don't really have any uh, children of my own, and the independence. I mean, doing this podcast. I mean, imagine if I had like you know eight, nine, ten, twelve year old running around here needing some help. I I wouldn't be able to do this stuff. So there's a reason, right, for things in our lives. Um, and, exactly. And we don't have to feel selfish or deprived about it because, like I said, you know, you, you, in the next life, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates, you know. <laughs> That's right. So tell me about your husband. What does he do uh, for a living other than mowing the lawn today? <laughs> you know, he is a baker. Um, he is uh, – he owns a commercial bakery in Atlanta. And Ooh. services the hotel, restaurant, airline business um, in the metro Atlanta area. So he's uh, he's French originally and has dual citizenship. He's been here for almost 30 years in America, loves it, knows more American history than <laughs> I think most Americans know. Um, and he's just wonderful. He was at the last reunion with me. We were dating then and we've been together about 10, 11 years now, but we just married uh, in 2016. So That's cool. So, yeah, being from France, that's where the excellent cuisine is even made. And what I like about French food is that it's, it's uh, portion controlled more better. Is that a word? Yeah. More better. The Americans are like, yeah. you know, three or four doggy bags out the door. But the French <laughs> are like real conservative and like this is going to be good quality, not quantity here, right? Yeah, and they they are appalled at American portions, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the the food there is mind blowing. It is so good, and um, you know, all of Patrick's family is in France, and so we get over there. We're hoping to go uh, in September this year um, to get to see everybody. With COVID, we've not been able to get over there um, mm-hmm. as much in the last years we would have liked, but. Uh, that's been the same story for everyone, but um, yeah, Patrick is an excellent cook, and uh, yeah, I'm lucky. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, you have a man that cooks. Whoa, mm-hmm. you know, and has a business all about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's, he's been making bread since he was about 12 years old. So, yeah. so it's a family tradition thing. Yeah, he learned from his uncle in France, in northeast France, and. Uh, then came to America and started uh, he started his own bakery. But yeah, he's uh, we actually met online and um, it was funny because I just crack up. I always said I was never gonna do online dating, but you know, never say never. But um, he um, is also an athlete. We were both doing triathlons and we met through a website um, for people who love you know fitness and being uh in sports and whatnot so we met uh there and we've done a lot of triathlons together since and so that was it's been a lot of fun we both love the same things we love uh 
you know, camping and fly fishing and hiking. We're section hiking the Appalachian Trail. We're 100 miles in, um, which it's right in our back door. So why not, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so now we're, we're into North Carolina, so we have to get ourselves there and back. But um, Well, you know, you, you, may be, you may be thinking something, Ashley. Now, earlier when we started the interview, you said you just came from church. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, You've probably learned it's better to meet online than to meet on wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both love our wine. So. <laughs> I just shot myself in the foot on that one. But yeah, yeah. Was, okay, let's let's rephrase it. Let's rephrase it. We met online and now we meet on wine. <laughs> wine. I've never heard that, but that's, that's pretty funny, um, actually. But yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, we both love our wine. And that's, that's Yeah, I would good. assume so. That's a big French thing, you know. What kind of wine are you going to have with dinner tonight versus what's for dessert is usually the first question. Correct, yeah. correct. All I right. try to just weekends, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> moderation, you know, and they say some of that, um, if you do that at a certain frequency of wine drinking, you can, uh, with the uh, antioxidants, and I think it was Pope John Paul II, who had a glass every night before he went to bed. So, I mean, how bad can it be, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Good for the heart. <laughs> good for the heart, right. Mary, Mary uh, heart is good like a medicine. But anyway, okay, so cool. Now, we've looked at the family. You're kind of settled now doing your own thing. Um, and uh, life is wonderful all the time. You're in Georgia, and you have fresh air, and no zombies running around. So... <laughs> Let's bring this back now to where we are in present day. Um, what have you learned in your travels in life, in your education? What are your, um, what are your, what's your advice for people in life? Um, and you've got a good story learning that corporate thing. So what's the lesson in life you've learned to share with everybody? You know, I would say life is not always easy and we, we struggle at times, but when I look back on those times and there have been many, those are the times when you're growing and learning and as rough as they are while you're going through them, things do get better. And, you know, life's just wonderful. It's one big adventure and I'm kind of an infinitely curious person. And, you know, my dad really instilled in me to, well, his motto, which is one that I live by, is, uh, and I won't use the exact language that he did, but he said, you know, either do it or tear it all to pieces trying, mm -hmm. you know. And so it kind of makes you fearless in um, just try. You know, if you don't try, then you're, then you're always going to wonder what if. But if you try and mess it all up, so what? Move on. You know, you at least you're trying. And and learning something. So that's, uh, that's been my life's motto and, and I love it. I mean, I just, I like that. Uh, exploring. Right. Your dad had something really cool there a great philosophy in life, you know, and maybe, oh, he was maybe he tapped into something that the mistake is not the thing to be avoided in life. We're going to have them. Maybe the mistake is the lesson. And if we don't make mistakes, we're not living. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And my worst fear is becoming an old woman who looks back and said, boy, I wish I had done this, you know, or why didn't I do this? And fear sometimes um, paralyzes us. It's uh, life's, life's too short. 
So there's a great book I remember. I can't remember the author. Uh, the title is "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway." Uh, mm -hmm. When I was doing recovery training with folks, that was one that we told them to read and, you know, embrace the mistakes and, and go on with it. Um, if you happen to get it right, uh, okay, that's great, but make a few more mistakes so you can learn better. <laughs> exactly. 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 And, mm -hmm. you know, my dad kind of, he came from nothing in a little coal mining town in, in uh, Kentucky. He just had this spirit about him it was like you know i'm just like everybody else everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time i don't care who you are if you're super powerful or you know super simple it's, it's good you're all human and it's uh it's all good so you've talked a lot about family and we started off the interview today you were mentioned that you came from church what is spirituality to you what does it mean to you it pretty much means everything. I have a really good relationship with the man upstairs, let's just say. He's, uh, it's, it's super important to me. And through the good and bad in life, there have been times I've walked away from him. And circling back, you know, you just, as they say, you get hopefully wiser as, as you uh, age. And um, it's just me and him, pretty much. And, and it gives me a much broader view of life and myself and those around me and I love it he's a, I'm a huge nature lover and you know in my book he's he created all of this mm -hmm. love animals and nature and hiking and being outdoors and that's when I feel closest to him so that's why I'm outside a lot and but yeah it's it's everything to me I have a super close relationship with God that's good that's great that's a great philosophy in life um, let me ask you a few more questions here as we start to wrap things up to kind of jog your memory back in the day. You mentioned your life motto, uh, your adapted dad's life motto. That's great. So we'll skip that one. But what back in the day, who, who were some of your favorite teachers back then? <laughs> well, I um, had to go back in the database to, to think about uh, the names. But, yeah, Mrs. Paul and Mrs. Seagren, my art teachers, they just had a big influence on me um, yeah, and encouraged me to to continue on that route and develop those skills. And I really appreciated that. And they were just great. They were they made made it fun. Uh, your favorite restaurant back then? Where did you eat out? Usually on a Friday night or Saturday night. Oh gosh, I always loved Gaddy's and. You know, Ott's Barbecue comes to mind, and then I would usually follow it up with a trip to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> oh, yeah. The hot, oh, yeah. at 6 o'clock, um, yeah, they did the hot ones out of the oven at 6 o'clock, right? Oh, yeah. And then I would get water, you know, on the side just to save calories. So <laughs> <laughs> That was your penance drink, right? <laughs> That's right. That's All right. right. Um, so let's talk about... Any kind of sports you might have been involved with back then? Um, you know, I remember like in seventh and eighth grade, I, I enjoyed running and track and field kind of stuff. But I really didn't do any of that in high school. It wasn't until later that I started running and getting into, you know, marathons and, and triathlon and what, mar you know, what marathon was the biggest one you ever ran or attempted to I run? Did New York. I, I was wow. lucky enough to get in on the lottery system and uh, did the New York Marathon. So oh. it was it was pretty exhilarating. It was where, amazing. where did that course take you around the city? Where, where did they go? It takes all the boroughs 
around the city, and then you start on Staten Island, and then it takes you through all the boroughs, and then back to Central Park for the finish line. The finish so, line, yeah. Central Park is a great. Place. It was fun. Just I, crowd support the whole way. It was awesome. They throw you little water cups, and you kind of spill half of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the water stations along the way, and. People call out your name because it's on your badge, and it's, it's a little weird at first because you feel like you have to acknowledge every one of them. But, uh, go, Ashley, go! Yeah, it's kind of weird to hear all these people, you know, shouting your name, and uh, you're one of a thousand runners or more. I don't even know how many are, were in that race, but yeah, it was it was gosh. fun. Yeah, that's cool. Marathons always freaked me out. I did a walkathon when I was, I think, uh, ninth grade down around knoxville and that killed me and it rained the whole time so now you're dealing oh. with rubbing your wet legs together for like three miles Ugh. anyway all right let's talk about this your favorite musical band and or solo artist back then what kind of music did you get into in the 80s oh wow i gotta tell you i did love acdc <laughs> oh yeah and I loved also like Soft Cell. Do you remember that song, Tainted Love? Yeah. Dun, dun. Yes. Still one of my all time favorite songs. <laughs> I love it. And then, of course, you know, I'll, who doesn't love the Rolling Stones? But yeah, probably when I think of high school, I think of Soft Cell and ACDC most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about this. Um, TV shows, movies, series back then. What, what did you watch when you're spared downtime? Uh, I remember, you know, coming home from school every day. And, you know, in the afternoons, it was like Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch and yeah. all those shows I loved. Um, Andy Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Still love a good Andy Griffith show when I see it. I don't watch a lot of television. Never have, but uh, I sometimes land on Andy Griffiths when I see it. But yeah, movies, the movie Halloween. Oh yeah, uh, the first one. Scared me so bad. I don't. I don't watch scary movies since then. I mean, I just <laughs> they. I'm just. I remember the music in the beginning was so scary sounding. I got up and left the theater. I don't even remember really <laughs> watching the whole movie. I got so scared, and I, so I just don't watch horror movies yeah well it, you, they're not for everybody and you know it's kind of like drinking coffee sometimes coffee will put somebody to sleep sometimes it'll wake them up it i guess it's just the way we're designed the way we're wired um that's and, right but at least you got to sample you know the brew with halloween with jamie curtis right donald pleasance um, oh yeah all right, so now one last question on back of the day. We're going to wrap this thing up. Your favorite place to hang out, maybe not necessarily a restaurant, but, you know, just to kill time. And Wasn't it something billiards? It Brunswick, was over yeah, Brunswick Billiards. Right? Yes, yeah. over next to Mr. Gaddy's. I just remember driving through there. I'm not sure I really ever went in there too much. But, yeah, uh, yeah video games and, and all that, but I, I don't specifically remember uh, a place other than other than that billiards place yeah i remember that that's, i had a lot of, of pool tables scattered about and yeah uh, some of the some of the video games that stood up and by the way that kind of segues into my commercial for the reunion coming up next july or july of 2022 i'm going to be getting some stand-up video games that we can kind of play and have a contest with um and what's cool about these now is there's like 60 games in one, 
So you've got a little tiny joystick and a couple of buttons that are pretty much standard fare for any game. So they just throw them all in there. It's going to be real fun. Um, are you planning on going to the reunion uh, next year? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've been to all of them so far. And well, I've had good. a ball, and I just love them. And thank you for organizing them and keeping us all in the loop and doing such a good job. But, yeah, I've had a ball at every one of them. So, of course, you know, yeah. I will be there. Yeah, I just sold a couple more tickets yesterday. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm trying to make this our biggest, baddest, bestest ever because, you know, we are not getting any younger. And no, I think we're, we're, we're at an age now where the children, mostly children, if people have them, they're old enough to take care of themselves. Mom and dad are going to go zoom off to Knox Vegas and have fun. Um, so I think we're going to have a heavy populated uh, reunion attendance. Uh, maybe more so. I yeah. want to go back to the. You remember '92, right? We were so huge uh -huh. at the Hyatt Regency. The, oh the yeah. Photographer had to be up on a balcony to get us all. <laughs> and then I don't think everybody was in the picture because they were like, oh, you know, what photograph, you know. <laughs> and we were all talking with each other and not paying attention. <laughs> you should have just shot off a flare gun. Hey, up here, <laughs> focus, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> I'm not sure that would have even helped. I think we've been a little rowdy at every one that oh. we've had where we're talking when the photographer's trying to <laughs> herd us all together. And that's part of the reunion, rowdiness, because, you know, who, who wants rules anymore? And thinking of art world, you know, maybe this is a cool quote. I just heard it yesterday on Facebook. Someone said, be professional, follow the rules, be artistic, break them all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because well, that's cool. Yeah, the reunion's going to be good. We, we're, tickets are, are wide open. There's many different platforms that people can purchase the tickets from. On the Facebook page, you'll see everything. Venmo and um, um, Zelle. Uh, and what's that other one? The Cash App. So there's a multitude of ways to pay. PayPal. I know it started really early this time because I want to get a lot of people there. But, yeah, well, thank you, Ashley, so much. And thanks for reminding me to get back into advertising the reunion during this. It's one of the reasons to do the podcast is to let people know about it. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your, your morning there in, in Georgia. What are some final thoughts or words you'd like to leave us with here? Oh, well, I just want to say a big thank you to you um, for contacting me to do this. And I would encourage um, – Anybody who's listening um, to to consider doing it themselves, um, it's just fun. I've been listening to the ones that that Vic has put together, and it's just so much fun to hear where people's lives have taken them and um, just kind of share our stories. Whether we knew each other well in high school or not, it's just there is a bond there, and uh, that's it's fun to just you know reconnect with people and see what everybody's been up to and just really enjoy our lives and the paths that we've taken. So um, I just want to thank you, Vic, and I look forward to seeing everyone at the reunion. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. I appreciate those kind words. Yeah, the podcast is fun to do, too, for me personally. and It keeps me busy doing the things that in, in my career, what I did a lot of, uh, communicating through medium uh, I guess, which is, could be an art form, um, an audio art form, maybe. So thank you so much again, Ashley. And um, we're, we will see you at the reunion. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, yes, it will. And thanks a lot, Ashley. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Also, if you're interested in being recorded, be on the podcast. Contact me, the host, Vic, at FHSBigBlue1982. 
gmail.com. Once again, FHS Big Blue 1982 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on the Big Blue. Have a great day. Can you hear me? All right, I see. Let me make sure I'm recording on my other thingy. I'm do a double recording for backup. All right, for a volume check, if you could just say, Mary had a little lamb, her fleece was white as snow, or something like that. Mary had a little lamb, her fleece was white as snow. All right, perfect. We are on the same volume level. Good. All right, and, and just to let you know, you know, I'm not going to be doing any videoing. It's just totally audio because, you know, that's what Recording it is. in progress. We'll start the recording now. Um, and before we actually start the podcast, uh, are there any questions that you have for me? Anything you want to know? Or, you know, you, I like your background back there. Are you outside on your back deck or something? That's cool. I am. I wasn't sure if you could see me or not because yours, I just see a still picture of you. Yeah, I just, I just do that. I, um, it's me though. <laughs> it is you. It's, I see that. Because I'm in an underground bunker and it's real junky in this place. Um, well, I am outside on my porch. It looks like it might rain today, but yeah, yeah I, I'm in a different place, but the light was so bright behind me. I didn't know if you would be able to even see me. Not that it matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. The, the good thing is the recording sounds good. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you technology talking to Bill and, and, um, uh, what, what uh, Debbie had to say, I, they're going to probably fix us at the last second before we. Yeah. Drop into okay. the, the right. grave. Before we drop into the grave, they're going to fix this. <laughs> it's impressive to hear what people have been doing. I just, I love that. I, I've really enjoyed. I was actually weeding in my garden yesterday, listening to all of it and, or mm -hmm. several of them. And, and it was just fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's another good thing about the podcast. It's time, whatever. I exactly. Love, I love the whole thing.